0: hello playdate this is don
1: this is nick
2: this is ryan
0: this week we are covering playdate news
1: recent indie releases
2: and Skillydoot doot scatting our way to the indie no not the indie the game the pick of the week the thing of that we do at the end of the show
0: indeed thank you for listening let's uh let's get started
2: let's get started right. indeed donathan where I there to... was some some commotion over something you said last time.
0: Not a commotion, just a quick correction. I a think hubba. I mentioned that the game Hidden, which was on my top 10, was free. And it I guess it could be free, but it is actually pay what you want. So there'll be a link in the show notes. It is a game uh, by Pixel Ghost. So it's pay what you want. It could be $1,000 or it could be $0. You get to choose.
2: Yeah, there's a bit of a brouhaha over this. but uh, no, Anyway, I'm glad no. we've corrected that yes so there's no more ruckus as long as you play it yes mm-hmm. cease the bedlam Don has repented thank you don yes. uh which brings us to our news and notes uh starting out with panic announcing that they're no longer going to be posting on twitter uh i figured this out because i went there for my uh you know each episode news and notes and saw that they are no longer going to be there looks like they're going to be on weird stuff like mastodon and blue sky uh not the commons like instagram and face space um so you got to work a little bit i guess to get the panic news now but uh they're out there they're doing their thing and they said that they may repost their buddies on the TikTwitter twitter every once in a while but evidently they're Sort of signing off so uh you know yet another one bites the dust over on uh elon.com which brings us to our next news and note which is uh happier news uncranked number two is available for pre-order if you are not aware uncranked is the uh, unofficial playdate magazine it's spearheaded by uh you know creator extraordinaire lasagna lasagna and uh this particular batch number one of cranked number two only has 35 available. There's some available right now, but if number one was any indication as to what you should do, you should probably go pick that thing up with a quickness. Uh, we will have a link to uncrank number two's pre-order in the show notes for today's episode. So head on over there. Just don't do it before I get one. So, uh, you guys, Nick, I saw you had a shiny new crank, uh, uncranked number one. Good job. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to know yeah. my berating helped.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I think I had it last episode as well. Mm. Um, so a likely story.
2: I'm glad <laughs> you have it, though. Good job, Nick. Yes. I'm proud of you. Uh, it's Thank a good episode, a uh, good issue, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. well put together, lots of quality information, full color throughout, forty some odd pages, right? Forty-eight pages. goodness, oversized issue. This is solid. I was impressed. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: Very nice. Very cool. Also available digitally. Or yes. I available assume it will be. Too. The first one is, is available yes. digitally. Yepers.
2: And if I'm remembering correctly, uh sometimes my mind is mushy. Like it was last episode. Uh I should have chimed in the corrections too. Last episode I said that Post Hero was the only thing that came out from Scenic Software last year. And boy, was I wrong. But maybe you corrected me on episode. Maybe that's why it's not in the corrections. But I felt real bad after that. I felt like a a real silly goose. So sorry, Mr. Rout. Um, I'll try to be better next time. In the meantime, I think Nick has a news and note for us about something called Mode 7 Library. Nick, what in the corn is this?
1: Okay. Um, Are you all familiar with... Mode seven. Of course. I'm not. <laughs> oh, well, well, Don is. So Ryan, let me let me give you a quick rundown. It's a rotation and scaling uh, effect that the Super Nintendo was famous for. So uh, many games on the Super Nintendo used this uh, effect, which was built into the hardware. Uh, to allow quick rotation and scaling of sprites, uh, which is not something that ordinarily Super Nintendo would be good at. Um, But it had this hardware method that made it super quick. So games like F-Zero used it for the terrain uh, primarily to allow you to quickly rotate this mega texture around and... um, have this view of the racetrack that uh, allowed it to scale up to screen size, you know, bigger than screen size, so that it can um, use the single texture to rotate around as you race. Um, that was that was really quick, a quick way to to do it. Anyway, um, the Playdate has its very own Mode Seven library now. It's hmm. open sourced. It's hmm. by the P Racing developer, RP Dev. And uh, anybody can hop in and download it. There are bindings for Lua or C. Uh, So if you choose to utilize this Mode 7 library, which has an effect that's very similar to the Super Nintendo uh, library, you can hop in and download that. Let me double-check what the license is on this uh, real quick. It's MIT licensed. It's MIT licensed, so it's... uh, available for anybody to use um, ideally with uh, attribution, if I recall my license terms correctly, <laughs> but um, you can pretty much use it in, in anything commercial or open source.
2: Hmm. That sounds so smart and cool. Man, what a neat effect to be able to implement way back when and also right now, that's really neat. Cool, thank you for yeah.
1: explaining that. I had no idea what that was, Nick. W- without dedicated hardware, um, you know, it's pretty cool to have this available on software on something, uh, like the Playdate, uh, which ordinarily one would imagine would be, uh, very CPU bound on, on this kind of thing. So, uh, it's, it's a way to, to fake your way into 3d.
2: <laughs> so the real question is, when are you going to start developing that spinning game for the Playdate, Nick? <laughs> the, oh, I have the perfect the one... title. I have the perfect title. It's going to be yeah. Nick Baldridge takes a picture.
1: Woo! Spinning <laughs> all around. Now, Ryan, I don't know if other people have seen my fantastic photography skills, <laughs> but yes, they mostly involve really holding the shutter down and then flinging my phone back and forth uh, <laughs> in a very low light environment. So it looks terrible. Um, I think that's going to be a big hit it. It. when you develop it. Thank you. This sounds uh, like
2: the perfect thing for it well, mode seven library, library for it yeah yeah
1: rotation and scaling uh this will not make terrible nick photos though um and and this so. is certainly not making for terrible podcasting so um <laughs>
2: no. why yeah, don't I gotta we edit move. like most of this out <laughs> <On laughs> to... <laughs> 20 minutes ago you 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 bitty boop boop in the inventory for this week don save us please
0: we're there already i think we're so there. we are geez okay um From Ian Harrower Games. Time flies like an arrow. Hold
2: on Turbo. Hold on, Turbo. You you forgot. We got to encourage people. Hey, everybody. Don't forget to rate and review games, right? Isn't that what we say? Yeah, do it. Hey, don't forget to rate and review those games. Uh, Give them all the stars. Make all the devs happy. Uh, That's something that we often forget to do. And we like to remind ourselves and you to do the same. So you're downloading those games. You're playing the games. You're sideloading the games. Don't forget to rate and review the games. This Back game to you, Don.
0: has 12 levels. So give it 12 stars on the rating scale. <laughs> nice and easy. Uh, yeah. Time flies like an arrow has a, an official release. So yeah, I've been playing that a bit. Um, I was given a review copy. Thank you. And, uh, my play, oh, my play date's working again. Quick news note. Um, Steve from Crowd Software, I was trying to play an early version of uh, Shift 2. was having all kinds of problems, and I think I told you guys my uh, Playdate kept crashing and this and that. And he said it might be dealing with too many games on there. Like it was Mm. having to boot too many things. And so I deleted at least 100 games. Wow. And it worked.
2: How much room did you have left on your Playdate? at the time you started deleting?
0: Well, a couple months ago, I hit the cap. Like, I ran out of room. So I was deleting stuff. But this time, I deleted, like, 800 megs, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. isn't... I thought it would be way more that I deleted. I deleted most of Season 1, and I deleted a ton of stuff. You deleted Season
2: 1 games?
0: Yeah, most of Season 1.
2: Can you get them back?
0: Yeah. Yeah, How do you get Season 1 games back? Uh, If you go to the games... (sighs) area of your settings it Nick, shows why are you laughing at me games you own <laughs> you i just... see you
2: laughing at nobody else sees you laughing at me but i see you laughing at me
0: this, this, just this listen is a...
2: i'm a very simple man just tell me how i get season one games back if i delete you, you them. just go
1: you go into settings and games
0: and then you reinstall
2: that's it
1: yeah that's it that's it. That's very, it. easy they oh. made it pretty easy yep wow i was, Thanks, I was laughing panic. think thinking about uh the poor listeners who <laughs> are listening you have to, to listen to me.
0: These are the guys that do the podcast. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> How do you use a play date again? I forget.
2: Um See, no, I I'm I sorry. play the role of the the newbie,
1: right? Mm-hmm. That's my, yeah. my job here. Well um I also want to thank uh Steve from scenic Crowd Software for being the PlayDate podcast tech support. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Probably, yeah. Tech support, yeah. No, nobody ever asks me any questions, and they always Uh-oh. run straight to you. Did so you I'm hear sorry, that sadness. <laughs> that was sadness in Nick's voice. <laughs> um, I I appreciate uh, everything that you do for for everybody.
2: Thanks, Steve. Steve there is a single solitary tear rolling down <laughs> Nick's face. I, I'm um, not sure if you can be the next
1: tech support. It'll have to be Nick. <laughs> that's okay because I don't know that I would have had the answer um, <laughs> so, so time flies like an arrow yes this was a play jam 4 game that uh, Ian Harrower from Ian Harrowware games has expanded to a full game and mm-hmm. I was provided a review copy as well Me too. and uh, all right all three of us are flying like an arrow through time mm-hmm. um, I had a lot of fun with this game during the play jam and uh, it's very cool that uh Ian's taking the time to expand this into a full release, I think. So totally. Uh,
2: I'm I'm very impressed. I, I had fun with the play jam release too. I got the review copy, but I hadn't had a have not had a chance to play it yet. Uh my life's been pretty busy this past week or so. Uh, i got a thing coming up that I'll tell you about. Don won't let me talk about it till the end of the episode. So I'll tell you then foreshadowing but in the meantime i'm super excited that ian's got this full release out now that's so cool and man ian you're firing on all cylinders you got p3 games you got playday games what else you got for us next week you'll have something new i'm sure
1: hope so yeah if it's playday related
2: Uh, we will talk about it right here
1: looking looking forward to what's next so i'll shoehorn it in at the very end of the show yes uh So what's next in indie inventory, Don?
0: Next up from uh, Professor is Knoblins. This one came out of nowhere, but uh, it's a, it's like a toy. It's like a toy. Yeah, it's a, it's a music game, not a rhythm game, but it's a toy. So you get these little eggs and you hatch them and a different kind of musical creature will come out and you can mix and match your musical creatures. And it's basically like a little music mixer because there's ways to tinker with them change like the panning and the filters and whatnot to make them it's, sound a little bit different
1: is this like a um a cool electroplankton type yeah toy? It's, it's, maybe we you had to mention
0: electroplankton yes it's got a little electroplankton to it
1: electroplankton once an episode that's mm-hmm. the mandate
2: Uh yeah what was the what was the season one release that's like a music boogie loops boogie Boogie loops
0: Loops, that's right yes yeah like boogie loops but the dancers make noise
2: yeah it sounds like if you're a fan of boogie loops you'd like this it looks very fun yes Uh, very visually appealing nice big characters on the screen uh yeah yeah it looks fun
0: and the characters uh hatch pretty quick and you can uh, turn up the heater to make them uh, hatch even faster. So, anyway, pretty cool, something different, and uh, yeah, it's well done. Sounds good, well made. Check out Knob Lens. and I'll uh, put a link much- to the trailer in the show notes. Listen to the trailer; that's what really sold me on it because I liked the music in the trailer that was made in the game.
2: So,
1: how much is Knob Lens? it's five, five bucks, bucks on
2: sale right now for four fifty. There you go. So give it a look. Very
0: luck. nice. Nick, can I'll you handle it. this next one? It, oh, Absolutely. Five year old speak.
1: Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go through the, the normal pricing and all that, okay. uh, in adult speak, but then I'll, I'll drop to five year old speak. Okay. okay. So this next game, it's, uh, not a game per se, but it's called Amigo tracker and it's made by a dev called Outgunned, and it's $4. Um, Don, are you familiar with the Amiga yes. line of computers? Yes. Okay. I'm they not, had a, but okay. I don't matter. I guess
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: matter. Uh, all right, Ryan. Kind. Are you familiar with a Commodore uh, brand of computers? A what now? From the 80s, Commodore computers. Commodore. I've heard of it. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know much. There's a big it. history uh, between Commodore and Atari computers, and the Amiga was kind of the final um, uh, thing that that came of of all of that, uh, despite them being competitors previously. Long story. Anyway, the Amiga is well known uh, in computing circles for being way ahead of its time as far as sound and video and graphics were concerned. It it was uh, considered a workstation for those things back in the 80s. when such things were rarities and very, very, very expensive if you're talking computerized uh, because usually they'd be a specialized function. Anyway, um, back to Amigo Tracker. Amigo Tracker uh, is a mod player. So mod is the sound format for the Amiga. Um, And this Amigo Tracker can play these mod files Uh, which I was way into in the early 90s, um, uh, through an interface. So you load up the mod files on your Playdate, and then you can play through them, and uh, you should be able to modify them as well. That's the cool thing about mod files, is that they're kind of like MIDI files, uh, but Hmm. you can mess around with them <laughs> so you can remix things and, and do all kinds of different cool stuff. Um, mods are uh, four channel. So this is a four channel tracker and well, I don't know if they all are, but anyway, this is, this is a four channel tracker and um, you can, you can crank through it. Uh, so each mm. um, portion of the song can be can be cranked through to f- you know find the particular spot that you want. Pretty cool. Um, anyway, I'm I'm really interested in playing with this. I haven't messed with mods since the early nineties, I don't think. So uh, I'm curious um, how things have advanced. Probably very far um, since then.
2: So this is cool. I hope you play with it and tell us about it. Because I think it's fascinating, but I have no idea what I'm supposed to do with this thing. So I hope you come back and explain it some more. It's a it's a music player. Right, okay. write us a
0: love song for our Valentine's episode, Nick. <laughs> Using <laughs> the right, That's he coming up.
2: <laughs> uh, Hey, uh, I uh, I did a I did a holiday ditty. I did a New Year's Eve true. ditty. Come on, mm-hmm. man. It's your turn. You're up. These All these right. things could, us. could happen. All right. All right. What's thanks, next? Nick.
0: Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, Next up is Paku Paku by Sukatram. This is a a one-line Pac-Man game. You just go uh, back and forth. It is, I think it's a port created by Mm -hmm. Kenta Cho of Abba Games. I feel like I've seen this somewhere before, but I'm not seeing it right now in the show notes. Uh, Anyway, it's free, so check it out. Pac-Man, but there's no maze. You just go back and forth and try to Eat as many pellets without getting caught. Check it out.
1: Can I can I mention another podcast? Sure, is that, Nick. Is that <laughs> um, yeah. The short short game uh, just had a oh. play date update, and they talked about this very game on there.
0: Very cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, if you if you have a link and are able to supply it, I'll throw in the I'm, show notes. I'm, I'm, I'm,
1: Gone away.
2: this this is nothing against you you had a very accurate description of this game but when you described it it sounded super boring but i'm looking at this gif right you. here and it looks <laughs> wow. amazing actually so uh yeah go check this out especially for free my goodness download right now it's like pac-man
0: but the maze is a straw a drinking straw
2: again sounded super boring <laughs> gifs make you. it look a whole lot more exciting <clears throat>
0: Well, speaking of boring, Winnie the Pooh, the video game. Mini Mahjong. Um I, I like this actually. You don't instead of just Mahjong with uh different characters, now you have Winnie the Pooh characters on it. It's kind of cute. Huh. This is uh by Nathan Korth. It uses all kinds of different uh even the scoring is based on Winnie the Pooh. So I am kind of interested in this. It's kind of cool and they put beloved um what is this called general use or uh public domain public domain thank you ryan yeah so so i guess he
2: uh who the heck is that steamboat willie joined his ranks here recently Uh, i guess we'll be seeing a steamboat willie mahjong here before too long
0: that'd be cool too yeah anyway this looks uh really well done so winnie the pooh mini mahjong out now uh name your price uh, Ryan, can you move it? There we go. Uh, Zanya Lasagna crank into 24, name your price. This is uh based on a bundle, the Playdate bundle. I think we might have mentioned it on the last episode, but oh, um, there's a mini game, there's views of all different games that are part of the bundle. There is a hockey game, a sample of a training level from an upcoming hockey RPG game what? that uh, Zanya's working on. So,
2: Fantastic. Yeah. you can
0: check this out to get more information on all of that stuff which is neat she always puts these together uh which is oh really fun gosh. and the it's art is awesome cool. <laughs> of course her art mm-hmm. is always amazing uh how, there'll be a link how, in the show notes for that
2: how does she sleep i don't, I don't understand think she does Yeah. oh my gosh amazing
0: um next up free is playing with our lives this one looks very odd it's uh I would say go ahead and, and just download it. It's free to play, download it and download the booklet. The booklet is 30 pages long. It is very, very well done. Oh, I meant to put in the uh, Playdate Squad. Next year for the Playdate Awards, we should have like best instruction manual because this would definitely uh, yeah. be up there.
2: Yeah. And you know, all Zonya's, uh, you know, like bundle zines and all that. Yeah, yeah. That's a good yeah. suggestion, actually. I love so, a good instruction manual. This, I won't get too in, into
0: it, but this is based on an actual um, uh, drilling or digging project in Germany where protesters were trying to uh, stop the excavator in a coal mine and the different uh, ramifications it had on the uh, climate there and whatnot or the environment there. So, but it's also set up kind of like a clicker where you're constantly like earning money the more you dig. And then different events will happen, like protesters will stop you. Or you'll get achievements like, oh, you made a billion dollars damaging the earth. or Well, I don't know. It's not like really heavy-handed when you're playing the game. But it's an interesting way to tell a story uh, through games, which we brought up several times with the Playdate. The Playdate just keeps doing this. So anyway, it's free. Uh, If you want to learn something and have fun, check out Playing With Our Lives by... Oh, Florian Liesenfeld, I hope I was close. Uh, Yeah. Next up, Tomb of the Brain by Two Hand Slab. I love that name. Yeah, the name is great. Art looks great, too. It's a puzzle game. Destroy All Tiles. It's kind of like Indiana Jones, where you had to walk on the different uh, tiles, and they fall through, and he doesn't want to fall and have him crumble and die. It's some sort of puzzle game like that. I have not played this one yet, obviously. But uh, it came out this week and looks pretty neat.
2: Yeah, it does look cool.
0: So give that one a go-to. And then we have Catalog Update today. Uh, Shift 2 is the big release. A boom!
2: Uh, Mr. Route bringing it.
0: One of my favorite games of 2022, of course. Uh, it's $6 from Scenic Route Software. It's got three game modes this time. The Calm is similar to Shift 1. Um, where you are managing your uh, energy supply and making matches. But this time you can level up the blocks and then level them down while you're trying to make matches, uh, which is a really interesting gameplay. There's also wild cards you can use. And then the frantic puts you against a timer. So you have to make matches to keep the timer building. Uh, It's very challenging, but uh, it's fun to have a new mode there. And then tactical... The only thing is a streak. Once you lose your streak, it's game over. So you can sit there and stare at it as long as you want, but you have to create a streak. And you do have energy, so you can fudge it a little bit to keep your streak going. But uh that's the one I keep going back to the tactical one. It's sort of like this chess type of thing where you'll stare at it and stare at it and say, "Oh, I can do this and this." Anyway, it's a lot of fun, really good. Of course, I low shift one, but shift 2 just takes it, takes it up a notch. Very um, cool. And it's got scoreboards for everything. So hop on those. Highly recommend. Always,
2: it. always so fleshed out. The scenic route software games. Yes. They're just mm-hmm. like no stone left unturned. Yes. <laughs> nice
0: job. Um, I did review, I did get a review copy. I don't know if I said that, but um anyway, thank I, you for that.
1: I did it as well. Yeah.
0: Cool. same Um, easy Godding is the next one. This was a play jam game, but now it's a full catalog release by Alex May. Uh, it's similar to uh, Doodle God, where you're mixing elements and creating new things. Over 200 elements to discover. So, I think I tried this during the play jam and I couldn't get it to run. But now that my play date's going, I kind of want to check this out. Looks like a lot of fun. It says something about SpongeBob here in the gifts on the catalog page. So, I don't know what that means, but uh, cool. It's Five dollars. And then Diction. This was a surprise. This is a uh, word puzzle game where you try to make as many words as you can out of a set number of letters. But it looks really well done as well. And and there's a high scoreboard to this too. What do you guys think about this one? Are you into word puzzle
2: games? I'm not a big word puzzle guy. I gotta say, you know those pesky words in me. Uh, I don't. I don't get into the what. What is that wordle? No, nope. not my jam. Nick, how about you?
1: I love word puzzles. Um, I know that comes as a surprise. Um, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't seen this one. Thanks for pointing it out, Don. Um, I'm looking forward to giving this one a try. I love
0: the in-your-face uh, graphic style too. <laughs> looking yeah, that the, the gifts.
2: Nice. <laughs> yeah.
1: it, it's very easy to see what you're doing, mm-hmm. despite you know all the activity in the background.
0: Uh, that one's by Dr. Gabe O'Reilly and Chooch, And then uh, Medial, we've mentioned before. Uh, I really enjoyed have? it. I think we've all played it, though. What? Oh, maybe. Everyone but Ryan has played it. It's uh, by Stephen Allen. $2. Really fun puzzle game. Really well done. Um, thousands of levels. But it's sort of a Minesweeper game. When did you guys talk
1: about this? this? I don't remember ever seeing this. Oh on
0: my other oh. Playdate podcast uh-huh. Sorry. <laughs> that's
2: right busted
0: <laughs> Sudoku meets Minesweeper uh, I think he goes by Playdate Steven on itch but uh, Steven Allen uses the same similar art style on all of his games and they always have the same kind of level of polish and ease of use uh, so I guess I'm a fan but I just don't talk about them in the show yeah, well, now we're talking
2: about them with your other host. Come on, Don. Yeah. Bring it here.
0: Anyway, highly recommend this. Two bucks is a steal, too. Uh his game's a lot of fun. So check that one out.
2: Looks really yeah. neat. I like the uh minesweeper reference. I love me some wine, mm-hmm. some minesweeper. On a five by five grid. Can't beat that. Very not a word game. Mm.
0: <laughs> Correct. That's true. <laughs> uh speaking of not word games, a chess. Or play date features strong chess engine. You can play against computer. It has game saves. Hmm. It looks like I don't see multiplayer on here, but playing against computer is the hard part, right? Mm-hmm. Coding all that. So
2: five bucks
1: is yeah.
0: chess
2: made by I mean, Trent. There's gotta be a pass it back and forth mode, right?
0: I don't know. I don't see that written here.
1: Well, he Trent actually doesn't say. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
2: Anyway, um, maybe in a future update
0: maybe so that is it for our indie inventory thanks so much
2: Boopity boop 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 indie inventory all right fantastic that brings us to our yubity boop pick of the week and this week
1: it's coming to us from nicholas baldridge yeah uh thanks ryan and uh for once your boops are welcome because uh this game unlike many others <laughs> nice idea. uh is is boop friendly it's direct drive by dac vector this was uh an initial catalog release right yeah um, yes it was very first fifteen dollars and uh it has a unique uh art style and uh takes place in the 1920s. So uh, a little background on your host, Nick. Um, I worked in a movie theater that was built in 1928 um, for a, a long while in my teenage years. And um, I'm, I love Art Deco, Art Nouveau um, stylings. And so... Uh, I was excited to see this. I also love records and um, I love fixing old uh, technology and learning how it works and all that good stuff. Uh, I've had uh, my, my face inside of Victrola, um, making sure that it works properly, all that kind of stuff. Uh, mm. And I'm familiar with uh, how 78s are made and all, all that good stuff that kind of goes along with this. So the, the idea of this game or the concept is that you're working in a recording studio. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) and I've been in a number of bands that have both paid for recording studio time. And we've, I've been in bands that have developed our own recording studios. Um, So I'm very familiar with (laughs) a lot of, uh, a lot of that kind of nonsense that goes on later in the game, but um, you've got some street cred. I have, well, I'm just pointing out that this game was almost tailor-made specifically to appeal to me. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, the, the the focus of this game, you're working in a recording studio. You are trying to crank, hand crank a Victrola to play the backing track to a variety of singers. And there's four different singers, uh, each with their own Original tunes that they're singing—they're not—they're not singing um, uh, songs from the 1920s. These are new songs that were composed for this game. Um, and uh, while you're cranking, you have to maintain the speed of the record. It has to maintain a very specific cadence. Uh, depending on the song, there can be tempo changes. And uh, you'll occasionally get requests as you're doing that cranking. Um, Someone will pop in occasionally and say, hey, give me a burger or give me a cigar, something like that. And you have to very quickly press A or B to give them something. Uh, That action is broken up with uh, story sequences, um, which are uh, done in the style of silent movies, sort of. Um, and you're hitting A to, to progress through those kind of silent movie snippets. So there's a, a brief bit of animation, then kind of a, a card that explains the action that's happening in that past animation. Um, and other than that, uh, there's a minigame or two, and a, an achievement system. Um, and that's the game. So uh before we get into (laughs) more of what i thought of this uh ryan and don what what did you all think
2: don why don't you take it first i I think i may have gotten a little farther than you in this game so let's hear from you first
0: um i finished it oh you did yeah i bought this at launch because i was really looking forward to it um there's a lot that appeals to me i love music games Uh, I wouldn't really call this a rhythm game. This is something that somebody mentioned on Reddit that I saw this week uh, because it's under the rhythm genre here on Catalog. It's not so much a rhythm game that we would typically say because you don't really have to keep rhythm. I guess you kind of do with the crank. But it is a Mm -hmm. very music game, very music-focused. But I love the art. The style is... I give the style like a 10 out of 10. Like they really nail it from the the way the achievements are shown. Um, there's a picture here which reminded me like uh Dick Tracy style or a noir style spotlight on it with the brick wall and whatnot, uh, to the sort of uh Betty Boop style art of the characters and the silent when you mentioned the silent film um narration or narrative, the way it's uh presented and the kind of the crackle on the screen and whatnot looks really really nice the way the achievements pop up and stuff is really cool and really fun um progressing to the game is nice the four characters that you the four singers are very diverse and different from each other so anyway all that appealed to me even the uh the president of the recording company i guess was a fun character Mm -hmm. and very different and i was always curious to see what Was going to happen with him next from time to time and the interjections from that part of the story were uh timed really well like the pacing of the game i appreciated you weren't like playing songs forever with a tiny little a little uh, burst of narration it was like two songs i think and then he came in or something else would happen a little bit of story then back to music and back and forth so it it moved along pretty well um it was a little short Like, I kind of wish there was more to it because I was enjoying what it was. Um, The give me the hot dog stuff and the bourbon bottle is cool. Like, I like that there's an extra element there. I would have liked to see maybe a little more to like a little more variety or maybe something else. Maybe you're holding a button or having to do a different input because cranking is, is compelling. The cranking to do the record is fun and compelling, but you're kind of doing the same thing on every song. And I feel like there's a lot they could have done with that, that it just doesn't dive too deep into. Like you're pretty much always cranking one direction and sometimes you go a little faster or a little slower, but that's kind of it. Um, if it was maybe going one direction then reversing and then going back or it just feels like there would have been more given time or whatever um they could have played with it a little bit more there there are some mini games I can only think of one that calibration mini game I just fought it and fought it It it's a cool idea where you have to calibrate the record player but I just fought it I was able to skip it thank goodness but I could not get past it um But I'm glad you could skip it. I think that was really smart so that players aren't stuck there. Uh, I really think that's a good idea. I do want to talk to you guys about scoring when we get there. But uh, Ryan, what were your thoughts?
2: Pretty much identical to yours. Um, I too thought the art style was really fantastic. It's this like old 1920s rubber hose animation type look which suits the period perfectly. Like the art style is timed... Uh, or uh, is in a correct period for the game. So that's really great. It's also really attractive. Um, Like everything you said, diverse characters, interesting concept, cool that they recorded specific music for this. Like I was reading the Uncranked issue number one, uh article about this that interviews the one of the developers and he was talking about how you know they spent like four years developing this and he's got four unique singers you know he is involved in musical groups and so he either knew these folks or found them locally and uh you know hired them to be a part of this one of them is even uh if i'm understanding this correctly his offspring so that was pretty neat to hear too Mm-hmm. Um, the uh child star that's no longer a child is uh uh his his offspring, so that was a fun uh thing to find out. um, but as you alluded to, the gameplay for me got super repetitive. uh, it was a lot of cranking and cranking and cranking and cranking and by the end, I just i kind of wanted to be done i i hate i hate to say that because there's so many really admirable things about this game um from the sound design to the visuals uh don i think you hit the nail on the head that there's just a number of differences that could have been explored uh alternate directions of crank or um like so before I started playing this game, Don alluded to a mechanic in the game that just really hung him up. And that's why I assumed that you had not completed it yet, Don, is because you mentioned, oh yeah, I've got this game already and I couldn't make it past this one thing that comes up pretty quickly. Once I hit that calibration mode, the uh, like mm-hmm. uh, accelerometer thing, um, it really stopped me in my tracks too. And I wish that would work like i thought it would (laughs) like i I tried to make it work in a number of different ways like at first i thought okay if i tilt the playdate downward then those bars will roll downward but then they didn't really and so i'm like well maybe it's like a bubble so if i tilt it downward then the bubble will rise upward and then like that didn't really work it just did not seem very responsive to me that whole accelerometer leveling thing that you had to do. Cool concept. I wish it worked better. Um, and then likewise with the, the, the rotating, uh, no, I shouldn't say likewise, uh, with the rotating, I do wish there were differences there. It would tell you that it would speed up or that there would be a wild changes of pace but then I did not feel like there was a wild change of pace. Like they told Mm -hmm. me there was going to be like on that Cab Calloway character type, they said, uh, oh, it's he, he likes to improvise. And I, I thought that the narrative was really well done and smart and a great way to incorporate or explain why game mechanics are happening. But then the game mechanics didn't always do what the narration was saying. Um, like in that speed up and slow down instance it just seemed like it was doing the same thing as all the others to me so everything outside of gameplay for me was top of the charts gameplay kind of suffered in my book but nick this was your game so let's
1: hear from you what did you think yeah so um specifically the uh the um tempo changes that they talked about the white uh, kind of box is where you want the needle to reside throughout your gameplay session. Um, if you're going a little fast, there's a little indicator inside that box that'll tell you it'll start shifting one way or the other if you're going a little too fast or too slow. So within that, there's a there's a sweet spot right in the center. Um, for the tempo changes, what happens is that white box will start shifting way further back and then way further up. Now they all do it to some extent. Um, but that particular character had some pretty large swings in a couple of songs, not all four of them. Each, each, uh, character I think has four unique songs. Uh, maybe it's three. I think I'm saying the wrong thing. It's probably three. Um, I think three, but yeah. at, it, at any rate, um, that's the basic gameplay is just trying to keep the needle fixated right in the center. Um, And you have to spin up. It's a, it's a Victrola, which is uh, that's one of my uh, conceptual things that doesn't quite match (laughs) reality is uh, that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to have something fixed to, uh, Real time cranking of a Victrola—you would crank it up, and then you would let it go, and it would operate at a fixed speed. Um, you wouldn't have like a human providing that cranking motion. That sounds fun. Seems though. a little—I mean, it's not fun. That's a good point. But also, I was like, "Huh? <laughs> this doesn't make a lot of sense." The other thing that that left me scratching my head a bit was was the um, what is it—the the manager or whoever who's asking for liquor and cigars and stuff while the recording is happening yeah uh, Can't those wait are the people that are those are the people that are paying the money to have the recording made so they're probably not going to interject while the recording's happening
2: ah uh, but uh, they're the big wigs they don't care I mean, what's going on they want their <laughs> bourbon and they want their hot dogs <laughs> yeah i mean too logical nick (laughs) again
1: just in my experience
2: there (laughs) so so just just as a brief aside everybody's getting a little glimpse of what it looks like to create an issue of coin op carnival with nick baldridge something (laughs) will come in it's not quite reality there's a lot of discussion things (laughs) need to happen a very particular way
1: (laughs) this is true um so uh yeah anyway i i just thought that was kind of funny but uh, Don, you had mentioned the scoring or Ryan, one of you did. Um, mm-hmm. And the scoring is, is kind of interesting. It, it's, it's a little more nuanced than it seems at first. Um, basically, if you're in that white box, you get a certain amount of score just for being there. Um, if you are right in the center, you get approximately a hundred points every second ish. Uh, or two seconds, something like that. Um, and it will say, it'll give you a verbal perfect on the screen, um, or great, uh, mm-hmm. if you're almost there. It's it's very DDR style, Dance Dance Revolution style, uh, for, for how it describes your timings. Um, there's also bonus points that are awarded based on how quickly you respond to the Uh, manager's requests for cigars and stuff. So if you, you know, they say, give me a burger, and you're a couple seconds late on hitting the button, um, you're not going to get as much score as you would if you did it right away. Um, So all that's tallied at the end of the song, too. It'll show you the breakdown of your points while you're playing, and then the breakdown of the points for items that you've returned uh, correctly. And um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all there is to it on the scoring front. I have um, a question
2: for you. Did you mm-hmm. ever get three stars?
1: I was going to say that too. I, all of mine were three stars. <laughs> Shut <laughs> so, up, Nick. I, I am totally serious. Even the Whatever. calibration. Um, but uh, the calibration did take me several tries. Um, the first song i wasn't quite clear on where the needle needed to reside so i got two stars the first time i tried it everything else was three all the way down then i went back and did that one again um brian pulled his uh,
0: earbud his earbuds out and he's just (laughs) pacing around the room
1: did i mention this is this is my kind of game this is like made for me um it's true so i was wondering that was something i was curious about is if if you all had any trouble with the with the scoring or with the, uh, let me maybe got three stars
0: once, but I definitely didn't get it more than once.
2: I never got it once. And I had a song where it was telling me perfect, perfect, perfect every time. And I was slinging those dogs. I was tossing that bourbon. I was (laughs) doing everything I needed to do. And I'm like, all right, if I'm ever going to get it, this is going to be it two starred me so what do you have <laughs> to do to get three stars uh, i mean i thought I, I thought perfect was good enough uh
1: maybe there's two aspects to perfect in that you also what is have not to be, as perfect <laughs> one is not as perfect
0: um, i have no three stars
1: maybe you can really no three stars
0: i have one you, one star and all the rest are twos oh my gosh
1: okay
2: don, don i gotta come over. over here in the in the human corner
1: Nick, explain how this happens, please. (laughs) All right. Maybe this is a theory because I can't replicate it. Maybe if your needle is in the center, but you're turning a little quickly, um, which I don't see how that would even occur, but I guess that's possible. I don't know. Whatever. I would have to watch you play. Um, So the calibration, (laughs) uh, I do want to talk about that because that is kind of the big sticking point of this game that seems to trip up not just Don, not just Ryan, but absolutely everybody, including me. Um, So the deal with it is it uses the accelerometer and you basically it it is sort of like a bubble level that is continuously rolling um, as if it's a bubble level that extends to infinity. And so you're have to maneuver the play date in some weird way. It doesn't want to be level. It wants to be off kilter at some odd angle, which is predetermined when you load up the calibration thing. Once you find that very, very small <laughs> sweet spot, then it wants you to crank but it wants you to crank in a very, very controlled way. You can't crank too fast. You can't crank too slow. And you have to maintain that bubble level in that very same spot the entire time uh, that you're doing it. Um, so there's a couple tricks, which I developed and I will pass on to you. Well, um, they're very difficult. Uh, it is not an easy mini game, but the first uh, I think, Uh, Dino in in the Discord mentioned that he did the same thing, which is flip up the crank, have it ready and ignore the crank and then level the thing however weird way it wants you to do it and then crank Um, and you should be good. If you're pretty close, that's when you get one or two stars in the calibration. If you're dead center and you get it right in the center to, to get that calibration uh, there's there's five dots to measure the calibration. If you get the calibration up to five dots, it's, it's over. The faster you do it, the better, the more stars. Um, so that's technique one. The other technique I'll give you is every time that I touched the crank, it affected the level in some way. No matter how still I kept my hand, I was putting some kind of pressure on the playdate, and so it would mm. jump off kilter. Um. The fix that I found for that was to not only keep my hand steady. Vice grips, yes. I took the Playdate out of any case and just rested it directly on my hand. And then I cranked the crank with just my thumb and forefinger. It was very difficult. Rather than the typical meat hook grip that you have on the... crank yeah i just have a drill hooked up to it and just spin it (laughs) that way um i was of sitting
0: on a table with just the crank hanging over the edge
1: i tried that i I I tried that
0: that. (laughs) yep
2: (laughs) and uh, your explanation of the level trying to shoot for not necessarily level makes a lot of sense because Hmm. i was thinking well, we're shooting for level, right?
1: So, like, why yeah. isn't this working? That I did not sense. understand
2: until you explained it right now. Um, but in the, yeah. in the
1: lore of the game, it's it's on some imbalanced surface. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I think that's the the idea. Okay. Um, yeah. I how think many old, times? Uh, oh, I was gonna yeah. say.
2: I think Old Gumption McGee tells you too that uh, you <laughs> no. uh, the the hint to level first then crank they basically tell you that before you go into that mini game. so so that's that's right that's there as well but even then boy howdy was
1: i having a rough go with that what's tough how many times did you all um replay that calibration game after you finish the game and it unlocks the little mini games Mm,
2: zero is there something new
1: uh no, I thought there might be but yeah. <laughs> uh that was not the case. So yeah. um it's once I got the hang of it I enjoyed the challenge of it but it's not uh something that I would um return to frequently. I found it was too challenging to be a uh, a fun or relaxing you know uh, component of, of this game which where it's placed within the story, within the narrative. It feels like it's breaking up um, the, the song sequences, but um, I felt like it was, it was a real challenge dropped right in the center there. So as you both mentioned, you can skip any challenge that includes any song. If you're having particular difficulty um, with it, just by pressing the right arrow three times. I thought, I thought that was clever. I don't know. I, I didn't try that. Uh, does it give you some kind of on-screen indicator that you're doing so. that? Yeah, it just does. It does. It. There's oh.
2: uh, like three oh. little dots or three little triangles down at the bottom, and it they start filling up each time you oh. click that direction. And okay. I never clicked it the third time. I wanted to do each level and ended up doing every level and completing it. Um, speaking of completing the game... That's another thing I agree with Don about, is that it happened surprisingly fast. Uh, I, so, I'm i so torn about this, because on one hand, I'm like, okay, a $15 price tag for a Playdate game might be the most expensive Playdate game we've seen on catalog. Um, and so I was expecting more depth for that price. So the gamer side of me is like that sounds a little steep but then the creator side of me is like well there's a big team to put this together there was a ton of work that went into this boy howdy i'm sure hoping that dax vector or whoever is sharing the wealth with all these singers and artists and co-programmers and everyone else um i hope that's what's happening with this price tag but who knows um anyhow for the price i was expecting more depth oh, i guess i'll leave it at that but i will say that at the end of the game i did enjoy the outcome i guess in a couple on a couple levels one the storyline and i'm trying to speak to this without giving away spoilers uh but one the storyline and two the you're given a reward of sorts and I thought that was, that was clever and neat. Um, so I will say that for it.
0: I think the, the price tag, I don't think it's that high compared to video games. I mean, this is like a steak. You're getting super high quality. This is probably the highest quality playdate game because you're getting original compositions sung by human beings with, I mean, I can't there's very few other games like that i think uh uh dungeons and doggos has an original song but there's very few i don't know like it pulled out all the stops 15 bucks isn't that much for a video game really um and i i don't like assigning x hours based on x value because there's i mean i've played thousands of hours of fortnite and it's free Whereas I can enjoy uh, God of War for eight hours, and it's seventy dollars or something. But anyway, I, I mean that's I a whole. Other I
2: don't know thing. if I don't know if I agree with that personally. If I'm, I'm going to equate it to comic books for a minute. If I buy a comic book and I pay ten dollars, and I'm done reading it in ten minutes, but I buy a graphic novel for ten bucks, and it takes me a couple hours to finish. I feel like I've got my money's worth out of the graphic novel, and I feel sort of similarly here. I feel like there is a timing component that I will equate with value and money. So I'm I'm not sure I agree with that personally, but I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying I think I have a different opinion than that. I
0: don't know. I 15 bucks isn't that much. So and people should get paid. People should get paid you know there's there's value for creating things like you said is 10 bucks a lot for a comic book i guess
2: it depends on how long it takes me to read it
0: (laughs) i i could read a comic book in less than five minutes but that's not how the creator wanted me to consume it probably right i could read a ryan claytor book in less than five minutes probably but you don't want me to consume your art in that way
2: i have a feeling you're not reading Coinop Carnival in 10 minutes.
1: I have I'm, a feeling I'm just you, saying, could read you could a read Hunter's it Tale in 10
2: minutes, but that's why Coinop Carnival is twice as much money as a Hunter's Tale.
0: But there, it's the experience from top to bottom, Coinop Carnival. You want to enjoy the art, you want to look at the details, you want to uh, appreciate the entire package, but experience the entire package, not just the word bubbles, not just the captions. In this, you're not just experiencing uh, the one and a half minute songs. You're getting the whole package.
2: I understand that. You're getting the interactivity of it, like you're taking part in this narrative, and that's cool, and that's another aspect of this game that I agree with you. I think it's really great, but it's a short game. And in the grand scheme of catalog pricing, I think this is at the top. I don't know of another game that's more than 15 bucks on catalog. Um, You can correct me if I'm wrong.
0: No, there's some that are 15, but not more than.
2: Okay, so. I don't know, I I guess I was I was expecting a little more depth for the price,
0: I I think it's just the mobile game market has completely skewed perception of (laughs) game value now because so many games are a dollar because they have to be to compete now, whereas if we were NES kids, $15 game would be like, oh my god, I gotta buy it right now. Because <laughs> right. like a uh, back to the future on NES would be fifty dollars. Yep. Is this a better game than that? Yes, it is. <laughs> and it's a fourth the price.
1: Yeah. Or less. Yeah. Um yeah. Some less the... with inflation taken into account. <laughs> well, some of the NES yeah, games no were almost a hundred dollars. Um and
0: the N64 games were legitimately ninety dollars or whatever.
1: <laughs> Uh, that's that's pre-inflation calculation but um so i haven't weighed in on on this debate i've found it very interesting to hear both of your opinions i fall uh to put all my cards on the table i fall much closer to don's side of the argument than i do to ryan's which i'm very surprised ryan that you're taking this particular Talk about the pricing since you yourself are a creator are and a creator what, <laughs> yeah that's what don was getting at with uh comparing your work to this he wasn't making a direct comparison like oh your work is of no value or anything and it, you know that's that's not what he was saying what he's i'm not gonna pretend to say that i know what don was saying but i will say <laughs> that um i find um that if I can equate $15 worth of enjoyment to an experience like this game, and this game brought me a lot of enjoyment despite its length, um, because I enjoyed the atmosphere. I enjoyed the artwork. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the coding that made it possible. So reading a, a bit of the interviews of the making of, there was talk of how... The music engine worked, um, which I found pretty interesting because that has to operate very quickly. Not something that the Playdate is is great at, while it's also doing a ton of graphical work. Which the animations are very limited, um, intentionally, uh, to to various portions of the screen because the the record animation is running at all times. Um, so. You know the playdate is is absorbed doing that kind of stuff but when it has to change the tempo of the song that's playing underneath and react in real time to uh your work as you're cranking it's 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 an impressive coding feat um so i enjoyed that uh, i enjoyed the original compositions and having hired composers and worked with musicians both as a musician myself and in making games, I can say that that is not an inexpensive uh, thing to do. So this is a very ambitious game from a design standpoint. You know, just looking at at the costs that would have made up the creation of this game. Um, couple that with the fact that this was an original catalog release, and no one really knew what the pricing should be for mm-hmm. those original catalog releases play uh panic was doing has done a bit of an experiment making the prices whole dollars there's no um you know 14.99 on this it's 15 dollars even um and so you don't have that little bit of uh, mental gymnastics that you go through when thinking about value for your money when you buy something that is priced at $14.99 or $49.99 or $19.99 or whatever it is. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, and you know that extra penny isn't going in the creator's pocket. You know, it's it's part of what's being paid to panic and you can you can look at that whole thing and 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 do some calculations and realize that the creation of games on the play date for the money that is charged for them is uh, crazy. So I've, I've mentioned this in our Discord, but as someone who would love to make a game for the Playdate, I have to make it make financial sense. And at 2 or $3, that's tough. That's tough. Like if, if I were to do something where I had original compositions here, if I hired a, a musician or even a pianist to compose a song, it would take a lot of sales to to get that money back. And that's one piece of music. So um, anyway, all that to say, I think $15 is actually a pretty great value. And I would like to see the conversation at some point for Playdate Games turn from this is too expensive to this was very enjoyable and um i feel you know it was worth the money whatever the price was you know um i don't without, that ever happening. oh sorry hey, so no i want i want to chime
2: in here for just a second because i feel like words are getting put into my mouth a little bit i did not say okay. the game was too expensive i said the game felt shallow for how it was priced compared to other games. So I'm not saying it was not good or did not have good aspects to it. Um, it wasn't a me game, and maybe that's partially informing yeah. my thoughts here, but um, for the amount of time that I invested into completing the game versus the price versus other games, I mean, there's at some point you have to compare and sure. if we're doing some comparisons, my honest opinion is the, the the balance was a little skewed on this game, if I'm being honest. I'm not saying that it didn't take work to do the artwork or to compose the music or to program the game or that any of that wasn't ambitious. I'm not saying any of that. That's all totally valid. But looking at catalog, looking at a, the wealth of games we have in front of us and some of the really incredibly deep games and lengthy games we have at some point you have to compare what you're uh pulling out of your pocket to bring back in and again i I think i said it already i'm repeating myself at this point but yeah Yeah. i mean it's
1: a it's a market comparison um you know the example that i use in, in most media is how much is a movie ticket? $12, $14. You get a couple hours, hour and a half maybe of enjoyment. Is it commensurate with the amount of money that you're spending on this? Um, well, probably not. You know, you get maybe, what, 45 minutes in the main story? And then um, I went through and, and did all the achievements, um, which required going back in and and doing certain things. And one of them took me a really long time to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I I wound up spending quite a bit of time doing that kind of post game work, um, and I was able to to get some more enjoyment out of um, the game for the purchase price. Um, but it's I've mentioned this term many times. It's like a race to the bottom. So initial games came out like Bloom was ten dollars, right? And then additional games came out on itch, and they were free or $1, and then that was the expectation. So the level set there. Catalog comes out. It's a chance to reset. Direct Drive, one of the launch titles, $15. Um, So the price on catalog is typically games that make it to catalog are a little higher than the average price of, of itch games um but it's that that value comparison is is not a one-to-one i don't think because of that race to the bottom
2: yeah i i feel like we could continue talking about this ad nauseum because not only are catalog games more expensive a little bit not much but a little bit partially because panic takes more than itch does. So you've got to take that into account too. So there's a lot of factors going in here. Um if this was Nick, if this is your Mole Mania, then I think this is easily worth 15 bucks. But if folks are listening and they're like, I align with Nick, this is a game for you. Or if they're like, I align with Ryan's picks in general, then maybe think twice about this particular purchase i just don't want to have an unfettered uh, uh always cheering every single game i want to have hopefully uh a balanced opinion and we talked a lot about a lot of great things happening with this game but at the end of the day the gameplay fell short for me and to me that's kind of equivalent to getting a comic book and the art looks great, the coloring, the inking, all the mechanics are great, but the story falls flat and a bad story can't carry a pretty comic. And that's kind of the way I'm feeling with this game is that the gameplay was kind of lackluster for me when I got to the end and I was like, okay, I've cranked my last crank, finally. uh, I was not interested in going back and playing all those additional games because I felt like I'd played it to death. Um, again, if this is your type of game and you're going back in there and doing all that stuff, I can totally see the value. And yeah, now, Don's okay. rubbing his brow. Oh, well,
0: I feel like we're repeating ourselves. <laughs> uh, final yeah, thoughts. Yeah. Um, uh, it's amazing how fast this game boots. You hit A on the dashboard and you're in the game right away. Like, I've never seen a game boot this fast, it's just immediately you're in the game. And also, if you choose the if you just keep hitting A while you're grabbing hot dogs or whatever he'll always say great, 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 great. Even if you're grabbing the wrong thing. Like I just, my, one of my strategies was just hitting a every single time. And he's always like, great, great, perfect, perfect," whatever. And then at the end of the game, I got minus 600 points. And I was like, Oh, whoa, (laughs) that's a bug. Like sounds pretty great. Yeah. I don't know how many were correct and how many weren't because I thought I was just like nailing all of them. Um, and then one final last thing, uh, All the singers were cool. Some of the lyrics, not so cool. Like the PSA song, PSA, it's my day. What do you got to say? It's a PSA. Uh, I could not get behind that one, but singers are cool. Yeah. If this looks like a game for you, buy it. If it, if you're even on the fence, I would say maybe don't watch a, watch video or something. Ryan summed it up there, but, uh, this is not yeah. a game for everybody. That's easy to say, no, but so is every game we
1: talk about. Not every game is for everybody. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Or well, thanks. Every game is not for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe every game is for somebody. Sure. That's
2: a
0: better way of
1: looking. Glass half full. I like that.
2: <laughs> um,
0: real quick, let's let's mention a little bit of feedback. Uh, Fev says, TLDR, great music and gimme burger. <laughs> And then Dino says uh, the original music is the star of the show. Sounds great through headphones. I didn't try headphones, actually. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys did.
1: I did. I should. Um, it's it's a lot cleaner of an experience.
0: Cool. Um, I really liked that. the Candy Bear song. I'd be down to check that one out. With the. Uh, that was just, it sounded like they had fun recording it. Should throw that one on. Um, he says, I enjoyed the calibration minigame. It would be great to see other theme challenges dotted throughout the story. I would agree. If there's like one mini game per chapter, that would have been a really fun way to break it up.
2: Yeah, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's there's super- a lot of thematic things you could do in there too. Like even you're making the burgers or you're whatever. Um. Anyway, uh, aside from the calibration detour, the gameplay does, does risk becoming repetitive and the story is over too soon. Uh, it feels like there's an opportunity to venture outside of the recording studio into the music industry to broaden the experience it mentions Mm, on the catalog page, future updates. Um, yeah, he's right. That does sound right for There's so much you could do with this era and music. Like there's nothing close to this. You have this type of music in cuphead and that's it. That's the extent of
2: (laughs) all of this. Yeah. And just to follow that up a little bit, um, to. Mention another uncranked number one scoop. Uh, Zanya asked, What's next for Direct Drive and DAC Vector? And he says, Ah, there's a lot in the pipeline, some specific updates that we want to make for Direct Drive that I cannot talk about yet, but hopefully soon. What I can say is that the soundtrack, which is currently available to buy on Bandcamp. So, Don, if you oh. like that song, you can get it. Will soon be available as a vinyl release. Nick, Nick, Wow. <laughs> no official release date yet, but it's coming soon. So I guess watch this space. All right. So if you're a fan of Direct Drive, there's more Direct Drive stuff being teased there and coming up soonish.
0: Cool. Yeah. Thanks for thinking to uh, read that. That's cool to get an update.
2: Yeah right on well thanks for picking this know, like, nick it uh, was um, a a fun playthrough i think i've had my eye on this like every single person with a playdate, <laughs> but yeah. i would never given it a try so i'm glad i i know some more about it now thank you
1: yeah thanks for giving it a shot
2: brian what you're up next i think okay uh so next week we are going to be playing uh medial by who is that by
0: Steven? Uh, Stephen? Steven Allen, yeah.
2: Stephen Allen. Uh, I'm pulling a nick this time. I haven't tried this game, but it looks <laughs> real fun. It got me with Minesweeper, so here we go. Let's give it a whirl, guys.
0: Heck yeah. Cool. Yeah, his games are fun. You'll like it. Nice. Cool, and it's two bucks on catalog, so hop in there. All right. Thank you, guys.
2: So, uh, hey, uh, here's the Playdate Unrelated announcement. If there's any listeners in Michigan or surrounding states, I would urge you to get over to Michigan State University this weekend. That's February 2nd and 3rd, 2024, because... I'm the director of a fabulous event over there called the Michigan State University Comics Forum. It's headlined by a couple of keynote speakers, and we've got a couple of great ones this time. Our creator keynote speaker is Keith Knight. He is an absolute comics veteran, been making comics for decades, and most recently he was the co-creator, writer, inspiration for Hulu's series called Woke. Uh, so that's been going for a couple seasons. And uh, then our scholar keynote speaker is Rebecca Wanzo, whose most recent book from New York University Press. is called The Content of Our Caricature about uh, portrayals of Africans, uh, excuse me, African-Americans in comics. And uh, so she'll be speaking on Saturday. Keith will be speaking on Friday, but we've also got a bunch of artists, dozens of artists behind the table of their own work throughout the day on Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. as well as a bunch of academic panel discussions happening throughout the day as well and every single event associated with the MSU comics forum is free and open to the public so you don't have to be a student or a faculty member or associated with campus in any way shape or form just come on out to the MSU main library we'll have signs in the building directing you to where to go so uh on the off chance you're close enough to visit Come on out. You might even see me in a monkey suit. I try to look nice that day. <laughs> so uh maybe I'll see you then.
0: Well, thanks, right? I wish I'd live closer. That does sound
2: fun. Yes, I'm looking up uh,
0: I'm looking at his art right now. This would be really cool. Yeah,
2: yeah. He's great. He's great. And so uh, he'll he'll be delivering the keynote address on Friday night and then he'll be behind an artist alley table throughout the day on Saturday.
0: Cool. Thank you.
2: Yeah, thank you for letting me talk non playdate stuff for a minute.
0: Well, uh, if you want to hear more non-PlayDate stuff, you can visit the Boop (laughs) channel on our Discord. Uh, Don hasn't deleted it yet. It's still there. No, no, I'm not going to delete it. In
2: fact, he made a contribution recently
0: in a circular file. Well, (laughs) Ryan made a contribution to me. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you can check us out on PlayDatePodcast.com and all of our socials and whatnot are in the show notes. So we will be back with, what would you call it? Medial. Medial. I, don't I, call it med- med- I don't even know what i called it but medial thank you
2: yeah me dial me dial we'll call it something <laughs> different next week i'm sure in Probably. the meantime have fun with it we'll be back next time to talk about it on episode number 50 in which we will be doing the same thing we do every week yeah thank you bye bye <laughs> bye